Hi, everyone. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you are listening to Goddess and Gab. I have one of my friends, Alyssa Gavinsky, on here today, and I want I want her to give you a little bit of, um, first of all, how many kids she has and being a rock star <laughs> that she is. Tell her about you. Yeah, baby. Awesome. So, yeah, I've got four kids, and I actually had three losses. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so I had seven pregnancies over the course of four years. Um, they're all quite – they're no twins, but they're all very similar in age. They are three, four, six, and seven. Actually, my five turning six-year-old, his birthday is on Wednesday. Oh. Yes, you did tell me about all those pregnancies. It's like it's it's like I can't even imagine all those yes. pregnancies because – being pregnant is um, such a whirlwind of hormones. And that's yeah. actually one of the things that you and I connected about when we spoke um, on the phone. I think we just, I think we just wanted to connect with each other the one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it was about like you being on the podcast, but it's the kind of things where um, you never know when you look at somebody, what battles they've fought. Yes. And, you know, some people of course, wear their, their, you know, their, their Sorry. thing almost like as they carry it around. Yeah, uh, but those of us that want to move past it don't necessarily always talk about it. But I want you to tell everyone about, um, you know, about first of all, actually tell them about your business first. Sure. I want you to tell them about, it, and then we'll go into that. Awesome! It kind of totally relates, actually. I um, so I have the four kids, and if you have four children, the expense to co- to pay for daycare or babysitting for that many children while you go to work is astronomical. So I was a an automatic stay at home mom. And I, to be honest, I um, felt like I lost myself a little bit in there. And so after my fourth kid was born, um, I needed to find something that was more about me, not about me being a mother. And that's kind of where my business started. And I became uh, a graphic designer professionally and then added web design as well. And two years later, here we are. I know that's, it's so amazing. It's like you and I both wanted to, we wanted to have our cake and eat it too, right? Yes. Where we were talking about like, what do you do during the summer? What do you do during Christmas? Because I don't have anybody watching my little one. She's, yeah. she's going to be three the day after Christmas. And I'm like so aware of how quick this goes by and she'll be in kindergarten before you know, it, and then yes. you know I will have my days open. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to work these next couple of years and, and just enjoy them completely. Yeah, but for so, sure. What um what you had volunteered to me is um is your struggles and I want you to share with them share them with the audience. Yeah, sure. So when I, when I had my first, I mean, as most as probably many women know, your first child is overwhelming. Uh, it was actually harder to have my first than it was to have my fourth, um, because I had no idea what to expect, and I remember uh, she wasn't she wouldn't eat. She had a milk allergy. She had reflux. And she wouldn't sleep. And um, I assume this is normal. And every kid had these eating issues. And, you know, every mother was up all night long trying to feed their kids. And um, I still had another kid a year later. And uh, I remember thinking, every mother hates being a mother. That just must be how it is for the first, like, 10 years of your life is you just hate being a mother. Um, and then after my third kid, and again, so I had three kids uh, right in a row, um, I didn't even notice it still or was able to verbalize that feeling of like every, every mother must hate being a mother. Um, but my doctor at the time was able to recognize it and I was diagnosed with postpartum depression uh, again after my third kid. So I'd lived with it for 
uh, three years without knowing it. And when I was diagnosed and put on med medication and started seeing a therapist at the time, my whole life changed. I, I couldn't believe the transformation in terms of actually enjoying spending time with my kids. And I know a lot of people wonder, how did I have three kids and hate being a mother at the same time? How did I do that? Well, I don't know. I just knew that I loved my children, but I just didn't love being a mother. But I still loved the children. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of weird. I love no, it does. It, it does. And for some people, it may be hard to hear because yeah. they just don't understand where it's not like a conscious choice that you were like, I want to be a bitch and I don't, exactly. you know, and I, <laughs> and I want to not like my kids. And actually, I think that it was so powerful for Brooke Shields to write a book about this subject. Yeah. And for, um, I know, um, what is her name? Um, oh, Hayden Pantier. That actress, she actually struggled with postpartum depression. And my heart went out to her so much because she went, you know, she went to a facility when her child was, was still a baby. And that must have been so heart-wrenching. Heart, yeah. And here's the thing that people don't understand is I did not struggle with postpartum depression. It's something that I thought I would, actually. And I only had, um, like, a, a freak-out um, a couple days after I had my um, my fourth one where I remember being, like, Oh, great. Like, here we go. Like, what's this going to lead to? But I think one of the things that they say that will actually help, like, I don't want to say safeguard because that's not the right word because it can happen to anybody. But if yeah. you have a support system and if you're being very vocal. And so with my third pregnancy, I don't know what happened, but I had had anxiety and depression in my life. You know, ever since I was a kid, I had had anxiety. But um, it was it was like somebody flipped a switch on. And my anxiety was through the roof. I kind of felt like I lived in this constant state of panic. And yes. I remember going to church. And I wasn't, I'm not even a Catholic anymore. I'm somebody who's a very spiritual person. But at the time, I was like, almost like, I'm like, if I just do everything right, like, I'll be able to fix this. Like, if I'm just good enough. And I remember yeah. I had the priest, like, bless my belly. I was like, I'm like, I'll do whatever. Yeah. And even the, the doctor was this older Asian lady. And she really made me feel like crap. Like, oh. and I felt like I was like, I feel like I'm dangerous. Like that's how I felt. I was reading as much as I could. I felt all this shame. I would like call my husband. And I'd be like, you have to come home because I don't feel safe. Like I literally, I said to him one day, I was like, well, what if I just like kill all the kids because that one lady drowned her kids in the bathtub. That's, yeah. and that's, my anxiety was so through the roof. And it, I couldn't talk to anybody besides my sister. I mean, my sister, my mom, my husband, and, and I went to seek out a therapist as well because I'm like, what happened? Like, I've already had two children. Yeah. I'm a normal person. Yeah. Like, what has happened? And it's just this, it's, it's almost like you're in an alternate universe. Yes, it's not your normal self. No, uh -uh, not at all. And nobody even, nobody even offered medication, which I'm shocked because I was just like, if you give me snake oil, I'll take it right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that why I didn't have it afterwards is because I, it was almost like I think I had I worked on being so aware of what my thoughts were and not letting my thoughts get get ahead of me. Right. Like were these? It was it was actually what I was doing some um, reading about it because I was like reading the books like every day, like to try to be like my um like almost keep me safe that kind of feeling about reading about it. 
And it was like I was having these OCD thoughts, which was what that was of, yeah. of like, you know, well, what if like maybe I am dangerous? And there were those were just OCD repetitive thoughts. And yeah. It was just I would never wish that on my worst enemy. People yeah. like people will joke about like depression or like PTSD or anxiety. And like not only joke about it, but like they make light of it. Yeah. And it's just like. It's like, oh my God, if people are going through it, it's like, it's like being in a war. It's the hardest thing that you've, that you're going through at that moment. It feels uh, almost unbearable. So if people make light of it, it just, it hurts even more. And so what do you, when did you feel like you, you finally came out of it? Uh, for me, I know, I know they, so I was on medication and they say it can take like six weeks to start to give you like affecting, like to start to change your mood. But actually for me, it was within days. I remember, uh, within days of starting to take the medication, it was like, you said the word light switch. It was like a light switch went on for me where I just started to feel literally lighter. I felt like just happy to be around my kids as opposed to resentful around them. And so for me, it was within days. Um, and looking back when I, I remember looking at that time and looking back, I can't believe the difference. And I wish I had found out about PPD sooner than I did. I don't even know how it was missed the first two, two kids, but I'm glad it was found. I well, And that's really honestly like, I think that that's people are looking towards their doctor to be the one to diagnose them because sometimes you're so in your own head that you're not aware of maybe you're, totally. what, what's going on with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember after my fifth child, they, they had changed around like the, it, it didn't happen with my fourth, but they gave you this like questionnaire that you had to fill out. And it was about like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling yeah. safe? And I remember I wrote a blog about it on the Huffington Post and I really wanted like more people to read it because it was so personal and so like it just it, it was like when I was writing it I was writing it for me but that feeling when you struggled and I could fill out that like no I'm not feeling unsafe yes I'm feeling okay like that feeling of being like oh my god I'm okay yeah this is such a good feeling like it was just like oh because if you've ever had struggles every time you have a baby you just don't know you don't know hormones or unpredictable they're not something that you can um that you can plan like you can't safe you know safe proof that but and so, even, yeah the, like just like a pregnancy is so different with every child exactly post-pregnancy mm-hmm. hormones will be different as well you never will and you know after my fifth it was like it was so easy right after the fifth but i understand what you mean about right after your it's almost like you're like okay who am i now like i'm a yeah. mom but what does All that different. mean Yes. And I love, I love talking to women and helping, helping free them up from that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll joke about being like that mom on the Disney channel because like how much you're willing to still be in your womanness and, and be a mom, we get very much shamed for, um, you know, if you're too sexy as a mom or, right. if, you know, or if you're too ambitious as a mom, like there's a lot of, oh, a yeah. lot of places oh. where we'll shame women, right? Yeah. Where if a man has a career where it takes him away from his kids, Listen, I've, I know that I've judged women, you know, back before I um, became an entrepreneur when I was just a stay-at-home mom. I know I judged women when they were, um, you know, maybe working a lot, not showing up as, at the kids' stuff as much. Right. It's just like, you know, it's where I was at at the time. 
And I've worked on being very, very much less judgmental about women. But, you know, it's like if you're insecure inside, what are you going to do? You're going to judge other people. It's how, you know, yeah, that's it, how, it that's makes how you feel better. Exactly. Like bullies and stuff, that's kind of how they do it is, is they look outwards, not inwards. Exactly. So how do you, how do you tell people how to bring that vulnerability? Like, like, you know, you're sharing with your audience, um, into their branding, because that's something where we get mixed messages about like, can right. we show up as an authority and also, you know, share our flaws or weaknesses or what we're working on? That is such an interesting question. And I think that's kind of really where I look at branding and web design differently than others. Um, a lot of other like brand strategists uh, will tell you to think about your ideal client. What do they need? What do they want? Uh, what colors are they attracted to? What, you know, what copy are they attracted to? And yet people don't buy because of a certain color or because of a certain uh, style of website design. They buy because of their connection and their feeling with you, with you as a person. Um, feelings are what people buy from. It's not because it's the best product or the best price. It's going to be because of the connection they have. So, when other brand strategists will say, look at the ideal client, I say, ignore your ideal client for now. Yes, of course, they're important, and you will look at them soon. But for now, when you're first starting your branding, look at yourself. What are you attracted to? What pictures do you resonate with? Um, and the reason is because they're going to be, it's going to be so much easier to keep up with your branding to be, you know, make it consistent without, you know, trying so hard. It's going to last longer because you already, you, you know, you love it. You're not trying to put on this outfit that you hate. Um, when you're, when you are yourself, uh, it's just easier to make those connections. I kind of uh, have uh, related it to when you're a kid in kindergarten or grade one. How do you make those friends? It's just by being yourself and playing with the toys that you like to play with. And then you find people that like to play with the same toys that you do. And those become I your friends in school. <laughs> yeah. It's the same I way. Love that. <laughs> Just do what you like to do. Pick the colors you like to, you like the colors of, and you will attract and magnetize the right clients for you. Clients that you love to work with. And not every client is going to be your BFF. But if you, if you hate working with a client, because of their attitude or their personality or something doesn't click with you. Every time you see their email, every time you have to work on their website, every time you have to get a phone call from them, you're going to feel so negative about your business and it will just kind of carry through all your other clients and it's really not good. So if you have clients that, you know, you attract because you're being yourself, that's going to like end up being just a better business energy overall. Oh, I love that. And you know what? It, I, I totally agree on that where um, I, with my clients, we will be talking about like God one moment and then laughing the next. And we could talk about any yeah. subject because that's really what, whatever you're a coach on, you really will have to talk about, you know, abundance. You'll have to talk about relationships. Yeah. I mean, it, it all works out. Get, I, I can't tell you how much business talk I talk with clients. I've, I've helped people with their books. I've helped them with their business. I've helped them yeah. with their social media strategy just because it's that creative uh, mastermind energy of, you know, when, when we're in that field, you know, like that yeah. field of, um, of genius, um, yeah. not the zone of genius. Cause that's like, you know, we each have our zones of genius, but when you collectively can like play together, 
it's like, oh my God, there's so much magic that happens there. And I think I first was attracted to you by your pictures, but I feel like it was a color. Like, um, I don't know what it was, but I, I remember seeing you post about something and I was like, I love her vibe. I love Aww. her pictures. And they really, um, I instantly connect. I'm such a visual person. Yeah. So when someone writes like, you know, and that's something I've been playing around with where, you know, I play around with long copy, not in um, a sales page, but on Facebook because we've gotten mixed messages. Yeah. It's like, first it was like, have like, have a couple of lines. That's it on Facebook because yeah. people don't read the long posts. I literally yeah. had a literary agent tell me that. Um, and then you have now you're seeing longer posts like yeah. in the Facebook groups and whatnot, longer business posts, uh, page, longer posts as if they were not Stories. as long, obviously as yeah. a lead page. Right. Yeah. Where it's a ton of content. And when you're trying to write that, you're like, okay, you know, like the ebb and flow of how long do I want to make this? I want to give them a lot of juice, but I don't want to, you know, what do you think? Do you, which one are you pushing right now for people to do? Like, what's your opinion on that? Good question. So uh, I, I work basically completely on Facebook. It's referrals on Facebook. That's how I get my business. So I'm on Facebook all the time. And people say only be in three to five groups and post twice a day in each of them. Uh, For me, I just enjoy people. So, and I love Facebook. So I'm in like 26 different active groups all the time. And I will post, I've gotten used to like which groups have which style and vibe of their own, right? Because each group kind of has their own little way of of posting and you know energy around their own their own group. So oh I my actually, god, heck yeah! I do both. <laughs> I do both. I do. I actually have um, the other tip I would give you is always keep a file of your posts because you can reuse them later. So anyway, I have a file of one liners and then I have a file called stories. So I have both between like one-liners, small paragraphs, and then those epically long stories. So I have all of it. I use yeah. all. They'll resonate with different people. And as long as I'm the one, you know, really putting in my messaging or what I want to say or, and it doesn't mean that I'm the one writing the copy for every post I do. Cause I did have a copywriter work with me last year. Um, but as long as it's my like voice, like she was really good at getting capturing my voice. Uh, as long as my energy is in the post, it doesn't really matter if it's long or short because the right people will be attracted to it. I like that. And and that's the thing is really in the Facebook groups, they have such a different vibe. Those of yes. you that are listening, maybe you know, stay at home moms and have no idea what we're talking about, but those who are entrepreneurs that operate on Facebook know that you know, you might have your own Facebook group or you're in a bunch of them. And that's, that's one of the ways it's, it's almost like, um, private yellow pages that we have with yeah, the business community. That's a good way to word it. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? And, and really, um, it can be very disheartening for people if they're just starting out. They might post on Facebook and expect that, oh, this is great, what I just wrote, and no one's responding to it. Right. And it's almost like from I know, it's like I watch like what you're posting. I'm sure you see what I'm posting if you're yep. on Facebook. And so there are a lot of eyes watching us. And it may be that it takes them a little while to see our name before they want to hop in and say, oh, I, I like that. And I noticed something that I posted over the weekend. I saw that there was more people following me. Not a lot, but, you know, more people following me and more more views to my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's where you, you know, you can't expect to have a post. And, you know, necessarily now there's, like, you know, 
a hundred people commenting on your post on Facebook and it translates into 20 sales. Like it doesn't necessarily work like that. It's almost like you're building a brand in each Facebook, exactly. in each Facebook group. Yeah, you're building that visibility. That's one of the key things with uh, with branding and with success in business is, you know, visibility, consistency, and authenticity. That's kind of what I talk about a lot. And as long as, so it's just like, you know how when, when clients, you know, if they purchase from you, it's probably not their first time that they've seen you. It's probably their seventh time that they've seen you or 12th time they've seen you. It takes them a few times to buy from you. It's same with Facebook posts. They will watch you for a while before they comment. And the point is mm -hmm. just going. If you get nobody commenting, who cares? Keep going. Post anyway. It, you, ha you have to. You absolutely have to. And it's like, this is like our world. Like some of you probably have no idea what we're talking about. But this is like <laughs> so our world, like every single day where you're yeah. like, oh my God, I thought of an, a, a great idea for a post. Yeah. And for some of you, it may feel very intimidating to, if you are in business, um, or if you're not in business, to be able to talk about your personal story, feeling like that it in some way makes you vulnerable. And yeah. for me, there were certain things in my life where I was afraid if I told people about them, that it would make it make me seem like weak. Or now right. I look at it as like, I'm like, I can't even believe I was through half the shit that I was through. Like that's how I look at it. Yeah. And it's helped me like, it's helped me develop so much compassion where like for you, knowing that you went through that, like I know that now like, I don't know. It's almost like I think it makes, and I'm going to use you as an example, but sure. I think it makes you kinder, more compassionate. Like you don't go through that and it makes you like harder. You right. go through that and it makes you stronger. But, but now if a client comes to you and they're having, they're going through something, you're not going to be like, all right, cut the shit. Like do yeah. that. You're going to you be like, you know, yes, yeah. exactly. And I think that when you've been through things, um, it just makes you so much more, it's, it's that relatable. And, and I had a, yeah. a, I had to figure out how to stay relatable and stay in authority because I was almost in my branding, making it like, I wanted to be so relatable so people connected with me, yeah. but you don't want to be so relatable where they're not looking at you as, as a teacher in a way where, right. cause you don't look at a teacher like a guru. Cause I never want anyone to think that I'm their guru, but there's, they have things to teach you. And so there's that balance there where, um, and did you find that like on your podcast, were you talking about it? Like, did you talk about the PPD on your podcast? Uh, we haven't gone into the PPE on my podcast, but um, what I realized was just like you said, you know, teachers have something to teach you. Why do they have something to teach you? It's because they've been where you are. They've been uh -huh. through the struggle and uh, the authenticity and the vulnerability really makes them more of a, you know, connection. Can I tell you a funny story from last year? Oh, heck yeah. 2015. So I was brand new to the Facebook world. I had just started at the end of 2014. And so beginning 2015, I was gung ho and posting in Facebook groups, and giving, you know, tips and tricks, stuff that you can use for web design and branding. Um, I was being that authority. And I actually had someone, not a friend, not a close friend of mine at the time. I've gotten to know her much better since then, but uh, we were acquaintances at the time through Facebook and we were talking and she said that she, she knew that I was really strong in branding. She knew that I knew design and branding and that I was really good at what I did. But do you know what she said after that? She would never hire me. Why? 
And I said, yeah, exactly. I said, why? She said, because I was out of reach. I was not relatable. I was not like human to her. And I was like, that just changed my whole mindset on, the, on everything. I was not posting anything vulnerable, anything about my kids, anything about troubles about being a mother. I was only posting the authority type. I'm so perfect. Look at my wonderful business. And so her words of like, I would not hire you. They still resonate with me today. Like a year and a half later, I still think about that. Um, yeah, it's when you're, when you are yourself, people connect with you and then the connections lead to purchases and, and connections and business. No, I love that. Yeah. It, it really makes you think like it really, really does make you think about how you want to show up. Um, <clears throat> and w- one of the reasons why I did this podcast too, is that I wanted to make sure I was showing up the same as like before we talked on this call to when we're on the call and Obviously, we're friends outside of this podcast, and so yes. we've spoken before, and, and, you know, we have a connection, so it's a little bit different than if I've never talked to the person before, but I'm trying to show up the same way, because I don't want to be somebody where I get up on a stage, and I'm like, that's the character right there, and then there's, you know, and it's all different. Now, the difference there, like my mom had said to me, is that she's like, you're always going to have a separation between the, the public you and the private you. It's just, it's a natural thing no matter where, no matter what your profession is. And I was trying to figure that out because I really wanted to be as authentic as possible, but like obviously not give you a tour of my junk tours, you know, because <laughs> I quite a few junk tours. I, I'm convinced I'm going to die with like 10 junk tours. I'm not the most organized person. I find that for me to be creative, I can't have things like exactly perfect or else it kind of like stifles me. That's just me. Yeah, um, I'm the type of person where I love to hire like a professional organizer and I'd be like, oh my God, I love you. This is awesome. And she could just clean up whatever I did. <clears throat> but that is like that whole balance of being authentic yeah. and, um, you know, and also being professional. That's, that's a balance there. But it's kind of like the kids will make fun of me when you get on the call, like when you go to make an appointment, my 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 voice will go up a couple of, a couple of levels when I'm on making an appointment, and then like meanwhile they're like killing each other, and you like you and you're like would you stop it right now like exactly like talking through your teeth, and and when you're a mom you're not going to show up the same as like you know um, as you do in coaching because they actually want your advice and then you have yeah. a different relationship with them, yeah, which um, you know yeah. Which that, but that's normal. Like it would be to me that would, and maybe there's some people that are out there like that. But I think for moms, it's very much, you know, when it comes time for homework, I am not the most people person. That's one of those things that I've been trying to work on getting them to do homework, like right when they get home from school versus mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. They never want to do it after school, but at seven o'clock at night, I'm nobody can think at that time of night. <laughs> like everyone's just like completely, know. you know, yeah. brain dead. Now, here's the thing that's, that's, that's interesting about vulnerability. I don't think, like, vulnerability and professional, or being professional with your clients, you need to not confuse the two in terms of, so, okay, here's a little story. My seven-year-old has, is like, the, she's like 17 in a seven-year-old's body. She <laughs> has this attitude, and she will, she is stubborn, not like, not unlike myself, she learned that for me for sure. Um, and this morning she did not want to put on her snow pants. And uh, up in Canada right now, it's like minus 20. Uh, 
Ugh, very cold. <laughs> so she was not putting them on. And I said, you need to put your snow pants on. It's like freezing outside. And, um, she refused to. And I was, I yelled at her. I, my, I raised my voice. I put her shoes on or her boots on for her on top of her snow pants. Would I yell at my client? No, it's not about you know, acting the same way to your child as you would to your client or to your, you know, whatever. But what, when I talk about vulnerability, I don't mean all of the flaws that I have as a human. Uh, it's, I don't know if I'm explaining this well. I talk about vulnerability like these are the things I'm going through after I've gone through them. I, that's, Does that make sense? That's the, yes, and that's the only way I'll ever share something. Yes. If, if, if I share it, and I swear, I think, we, I don't know if we talked about this in our first conversation, but I will only share things on the other side of it because if I share something when I'm going through it, yeah. I'm very triggered by what people will say. Yes. It will either seem condescending. Did we talk about this? Because I feel like we talked we about that. No, I, we um, talked about it, but I get what you're saying. Okay. Because I'll feel triggered. So I'll be like, who do they think they are? They think they know everything. <laughs> and I'm stupid. Like, it's just so funny when, when, it's, when it's a hot button issue. Or it yes. can feel like they're pitying me. Like, on the other side, once I've gotten air, then I can talk about something. Yes. You but when I'm in it. And professional. You can talk about yeah. things professionally that are still vulnerable because again, you've got, like you said, you've got the air, you've got that space. You've had time to think about it. It's not in the moment that you're yelling at your Facebook audience, right? Like you'd yell at your kid or something. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's, you can still be professional and uh, authentic and vulnerable at the same time. I love that. And so I want you to tell them about your business and how did you get the name? Oh, cool. Okay, sure. So I actually, it's been two years. I've gone through three different business names and like four different branding styles because again, as a designer, I love a lot of different things. And I was trying to figure out what do I love? Like me, what do I really love? So I finally landed on this name and um, we're rebranding now as well. Felicity and design. So branding and web design, that's where the design comes from. But Felicity is funny. A lot of people call me Felicity. They'll say like, hi, Felicity, I got my Facebook business page. And I'm like, no, no, oh, it's, it's Felicity. <laughs> Felicity actually, uh, joy and happiness, immense joy and happiness, because a lot of people, myself included years ago, you know, went to work for the sake of having a job, not because I enjoyed it. In fact, I hated it. Um, this is before I had kids, but, and I, I, I think I had depression at the time because of working because I just hated it so much. And so my part of my message, aside from being authentically yourself, is literally finding something that yourself loves to do. So not having a job just for the sake of having a job, but finding something that brings you joy. So Felicity is joy and design is what I love to do. And that's how I've come up with Felicity and design. So yeah. And that's the name of your website, which is perfect. I that's absolutely right. love that. And that's where... For me, like I, if I wasn't coaching, I would coach somebody in the grocery store because that's, it, it comes so naturally to me that yes. I have been doing it since I was a child and it's something that I love to do. It's, it's like when they say like, what do you do that so naturally? You don't even realize you do it. Yeah. And I've, I've actually, you know, rebranded my website. Um, you know, this is the third version of it, I guess. And I love it. But um, the playing around with the name, like I was told not to call myself a life coach. So then I was a transformation coach, you know, and a self-love goddess and, you know, Mojo Maven and, you know, and now I've even played around with life strategists because it's kind of, you know what you do yeah. to call it something, 
I, cause I went to, when I called it different things and I was like, people don't understand that I'm a life coach where it's all areas of, of your life. Like I made a post one time and I was like, I'm a 20 and one coach because if you're a life coach, you are going to coach on every area of somebody's life. Unless you were, you know, hiring somebody as a weight loss coach where you're only going to focus on one thing. And, uh, and of course I, I do think you need to focus on like, I love coaching people on weight loss, but not as only as a side effect. Like that would be a side effect of working with me. Mm -hmm. I will not work with somebody that would only want to focus on that because it's it's like impossible. There's other things that are, you know, causing them to, um, it's not about the weight. It would be like to not achieve your goal. Like there's something standing in your way if you're not achieving your goal and you feel stuck and you need somebody to help you get unstuck. So it's not about, I don't care what somebody weighs. it's, It's about the way, um, about helping them achieve their goal and to, and to fall in love with themselves. Like I want yeah. everyone to love themselves. That is just like, to me, there's no reason to not love yourself. And as, as moms, yeah. it's so important for us to make sure that we teach our children that because they pay attention, but they so do. tell them then <laughs> what, yeah, to, they, to, tell, to tell them and not do it yourself is, is crazy. You got to love yourself. Oh, I know yeah. it's, it is such a mom thing, isn't it? It's like, but they pay attention to everything. So if we're so self-critical, they're going to do that. And they're going to be exactly. very confused. You know, yeah. at one point they're going to believe us, but then at one point they're going to start modeling us. But yeah. so I'm going to put the link to your website and anything else that you want to um, say to them about reaching out to you, like specifically sure. about what they would reach out to you for. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we offer branding and web design. Um, you will see in the new year that we've got some a DIY branding course as well as a done for you branding package. Uh, and similarly, we have the done for you website package. And we would love to chat um, if you have any questions about your branding and you know whether or not you your branding is consistent with what you want it to be like. We can do an assessment for you. Um, anything branding and web design related, let us know. Uh, we've got a team of designers and we're always available. Uh, yeah, felicityanddesign.com. We're also on Facebook all the time. You can look up Felicity and Design or go to facebook.com slash Alyssa J. Kavinsky and you will find me around. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and, that, and those courses sound amazing, like absolutely amazing for people that are not ready to like work, you know, one-on-one with you, like to get them started. That's awesome. That is yeah, really- we're actually, we're just starting out. I, I kind of put out some feeler, like some, I, um, on Black Friday, I put out some courses and some uh, smaller, uh, literally less expensive packages that were really uh, uh, relatable or approachable, like 27, $37, really cheap, but really uh, helpful with their branding. Um, so we've got all these new things coming out in the new year that are going to be really good, uh, whether or not you want to start small or go big, we can do all of it. That's awesome. And I think that those of you that maybe are on Etsy or, you know, starting a business, maybe you are in an MLM and you're trying to figure out like, you know, you're starting out as an entrepreneur and you and I know once you get that bug, then it starts taking (laughs) off and then you, and then you might wind up like selling a product and then becoming like a coach or like, you know, literally I've seen people go from being really good at selling something to becoming a sales coach. No lie. And for people who are really good at marketing, going on to become a marketing coach. So for me, whenever I coach somebody, I'm like, the sky's the limit. Like, where can you take what you're doing now? So I don't think small. So those of you that maybe are just starting out, do the small course. You know, if you're on that kind of budget, um, do the course starts to get the energy flowing about you are a brand. Think of yourself like a brand and everything you do is your brand. 
everything you post on Facebook is your brand. So exactly. thank yes. you so much, Alyssa. I want to well, respect you. your time. You and I could talk. We until, can talk all um, day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it does. I mean, five kids and four kids, we put our kids together. We would need like a school bus to yeah. drive somewhere. That's true. Can you imagine? Oh, right gosh. Now. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, this was very enlightening. And so if any of you guys are struggling, just know that you're not alone. Some of us have been through very similar things, and you will make it, and we're pulling yeah. for you. We're cheering you on. So everyone have a wonderful day, and we'll see you again next time on Goddess and Gap.